This episode is sponsored by our friends at Dukan. Launch your online store in 30 seconds. No coding or design skills required. Whether you are a small business trying to go online, a teacher looking to set up digital presence, or you just want to sell a goat, Dukan is your one-stop solution. At the start of the pandemic, when small businesses were struggling, Dukan helped over a million merchants move from offline to online. Founder of Dukan is also a billion moonshots alumni. He shared his story of making $25,000 per month in college to now building a $100 million startup. So start your 14-day free trial now at mydukan.io. You graduated from IIT, then IIM, worked at a hedge fund in London, came back to India, went to law school, got into cannabis, hemp and alcohol businesses, and now you're building in Web3 with Zionverse. So very cool very interesting background but let's start with what's currently happening in the crypto market as we were just talking about so how are you looking at the crypto bear markets right now yeah so i think um see like i was actually trading the financial markets um in the 2008 event and i've sort of seen them uh, lived them sort of first hand right so uh, we were front and center i was uh, in a hedge fund stock investments which was the seventh largest hedge fund uh, at that point I was luckily on the right side of the trade during that time part luck part logic uh, we went short sort of credit made a lot of money in 2008 at least our portfolio overall the fund lost money but i think the sentiment then was really dismal right so there are sort of two things coming out of that that i learned right a obviously you know banks financial leverage was extremely high which was one reason why we went through this uh, recession the global financial crisis or or the credit led crisis in 2008 2009 Lehman went under actually Northern Rock which is uh, which was a bank in UK actually went under and they stopped giving people their money right so literally in London I saw lines outside in a- uh, of ATMs where people were waiting to withdraw money right and coming from India um I have never even seen that in India right like I have heard my parents talk about it that you have to wait but that wait is in that the bank doesn't have money and it was like just really weird right so what is happening in crypto um is some way similar because it's a very very over leveraged market right so the one thing i remember when mm-hmm. we started building in crypto 2 years ago and i have been like following crypto investing in crypto for a couple of years before that also um one thing was that like let's say equity markets the leverage at when it's really bull ranges around 4 to 5 times which means that if i have 100 dollars i'll end up buying stocks worth 400 500 in crypto you have these perpetual futures which give you leverage 25x right so if you have 100 dollars okay. you can buy bitcoin worth 2500 which also means that if it moves down 4% you're completely liquidated but they protect themselves even if it moves down 2.5 3% your position is liquidated right and the other interesting thing i always found in crypto is in equity markets in public equity markets if you make 20 25% return you are very happy right in in private mm-hmm. vc etc if you make anything above 30% 30 35% irr you're like wow i've hit the ball out of the park in crypto no one talks it below 10 times right like they are like oh i'm investing in this nft what's my expectation 10 times 20 times right. 50 times like the concept of percentages does not exist because everything is i have to make 10 times the money 50 times the money and actually what has happened is that it's such a new innovation and in technology that actually that is what has also happened historically right now and then hmm. then just think about the lottery like in finance we call this the lottery effect right So the idea is that okay, I have an investment. It can go fifty times, or I can lose the investment, right? So now, if I build like ten such investments, even if nine fail, right? Like, and I lose all my money, but one does fifty times, 
my entire portfolio is still up five times which is crazy like it's crazy good which is why people were just throwing money blindly right like till the time you believe that it can go up 50 times people are just throwing money out there so because of this expectation also what happened in my view is everyone who was building a actual use case right like i'll take an example of axie infinity one of the world's largest play to earn game uh, even today it's one of the world's largest even though users has declined axs which is the governance token went to i as high as 150 is now around 13 dollars so it's lost 90% of its value which is not uncommon given what we have seen in all crypto right um, the interesting thing they did like beginning of this year when the number of users started falling and their token went down to 50 right they actually came out with a staking program they said okay stake axs and we'll give you 80% apy and the idea of staking mm. is that obviously you know if i deposit axs with them they're going to give me 80% if i deposit 100 axs they're going to give me 80 axs at the end of the year for that staking and which that reduces the supply now think about like as a founder i was thinking that look what is the team's incentive right like as a web3 company ourselves we never launched token because of this because as as my incentive i'm sitting there as a founder of axie infinity is my goal that i make a better game yes but can i focus on it no because all i'm doing every day is like what is my token price right someone will come and say guys token price has gone to 50 it's game over it can fall a lot what do we do then you sit down with your team and you start working on tokenomics and finance right so financial engineering mm. takes over your product engineering which should have been make a better game make it sustainable etc right and like one thing i know being in this uh, entrepreneurial journey for 6 odd years is it's a very difficult balance of survivability and long term vision right like obviously if i don't survive long term vision doesn't matter but if i only survive and i don't build something valuable long term that also doesn't matter right in one i will fail fast like if i don't survive in the other i might survive for 10 years i might get the opportunities but what if i end up building something crap like like i have both fears right like i have a fear that hmm. what if i like i did not take this journey to end up creating a mediocre sort of business a mediocre startup right i do not know what's going to happen but that's not why i started it right so i'm equally worried about right. mediocrity as i'm worried about you know like it could fail and and it's a difficult balance so i guess what i'm trying to say at the end is the entire uh, goal of people in this entire crypto market even for a web3 gaming company which should have been far removed from the financial engineering aspect actually was only focusing on financial engineering right they were only focusing how do i make sure that i take the token price up and then the simple way to take any price up is decrease the supply increase the demand which is which is classic for any price right that's never going to change doesn't matter if it's token or commodity prices or you know whatever we eat etc and that was the entire part of what everyone focused on right now like we are seeing these people of like three arrow capital uh, where there's a lot of news around that they might go down and they are a super well regarded very highly regarded like vc fund right they are into some of the best um, web3 companies like one of their companies is starkware and starkware is building like a layer on ethereum um, which will allow you to do zero gas uh, transactions for nfts in web3 right and if they are like they have already launched it we are experimenting with it if that launches it will be probably the end of like the need to have layer 2 solutions in my view right like okay. um so it's it's a really earth changing product even in this market day raised money at billions of dollars of valuation and 3 arrow was one of their first investors but because they were levered on their 
public investments, they are just taking hit right, left, mm. and center, right? And we experienced some of that at start. So we had a extremely illiquid portfolio uh, of of credit investments we had done in Asia and other regions. We started getting redemptions as well, and some of our public investments lost a little bit of money. And then to do those redemptions, we started selling our public investments even more, hammering those investments even down further. The same thing happened with every hedge fund. So obviously, like those public investments went down, private investments we couldn't liquidate, and that sort of started spelling the end of what happened uh, there as well. Like that was one of the major factors, and that that's something that happened to a lot of hedge funds uh, and banks during the two thousand eight and two thousand nine, right? So I'm drawing a lot of parallel because actually the essen- problem is essentially the same, right? The problem was leverage in two thousand eight and two thousand nine. The problem is leverage in crypto, and it is like I said. It was five x in uh, during that time in the traditional trade five markets, and it's twenty five to thirty x in the crypto market, right? So this problem is really gigantic, and I don't think we have seen the end of issues, right? Like people are still talking about micro strategy, mm. um, you know, like a company which has just started becoming a Bitcoin fund effectively because that's Maxi. yeah complete, right? So. I don't think we have seen the end of this issue. Like it took a while before everything unraveled in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and the last thing I'll say there is: look, in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, we all kept waiting, right? Like we thought there is no way they let Lehman go down, right? Like no way. No one really thought that Lehman was going to be allowed to go bankrupt. They thought will it be nationalized? Will it be merged? They did the same with Bear Stearns um, when J P Morgan mm-hmm. bought it for pennies. Or, or whatever, like two dollars, if if I remember correctly, was the share price at which they bought it. You know, like whatever, uh, like just an optionality value as far as equity is concerned. Everyone thought something similar will happen with Lehman. They will not let it go bust because the contagion effect is so bad, right? Now there, everything was so interlinked. Like if your bank goes down, what happens to your loans? What happens to your deposits? Uh, other people are lending to you, so it's a ripple effect uh, that happens in crypto. Right, like today we are less than a trillion dollar of value. Even with other companies, we're probably less than you know four trillion dollars worth of wealth, um, which is which is not a lot. There is not a lot of mass adoption yet. Yes, people are getting hurt, but a lot of governments like India are taking uh, you know shot at everyone, saying we told you so. You should have never done it. You know we have not made it illegal, but you shouldn't have done it. So who's going to come and bail them out, right? Like that's the that's the other issue why this can actually. So leverage is one issue. The other issue is there is no there's no daddy of yours sitting to bail you out, right? Like governments already, central banks are in trouble because of inflation. This is a much smaller market. The domino effect from this market is limited. There is no reason why someone will come and bail these people out like they did in sort of two thousand eight and nine. So I think the pain is going to be a lot more in my view, unfortunately. Right, that is very interesting when you say that. Yes, there is no one to bail them out. A lot of people have invested their money over here. It's going down, and it's not an entity. It's not a government entity, yep. or government shouldn't be taking care of them. Uh, very interesting. Do you think the crash of Luna has led us into this market, this bear market? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I mean things started unraveling even prior to Luna, right? Like I think a lot of people scratch their head and they say, "Hey, why is Bitcoin uh, have such high correlation with Nasdaq and so on?" And I'm actually very surprised that people think so because, see, like we have to look at when you value any asset, right? There is an intrinsic value, which is a value that you can see, which in case of stock is discounted cash flow of stuff that we can actually see. Plus, there is this future value, right, which is more speculative. even in stocks 
the actual like if you look at things like tesla and you look at their discounted cash flow which they're doing today and a realistic estimate versus mm-hmm. you know the future value oh my god they are they're going to take over the entire industry and all of that stuff that's that is yeah you can believe that and maybe that will happen but you can't call it intrinsic that's not cert- that's not a certainty or not a visibility a very high visibility right so even in stocks the future value particularly in tech overtook the intrinsic value right like as a startup the entire value we have is future rather than intrinsic right especially if you're not making bottom line profits right um so with crypto is the same thing right like if i value bitcoin on the amount of gas fee i receive as a bitcoin holder that value is minimal right so the entire value is future value and hence it's entirely sentiment driven so no one is sitting there and applying the mind like oh inflation is going up gold should go up by the way gold isn't going up right um but gold should have gone up so this digital gold bitcoin should have gone up so it's uncorrelated asset well it's actually all sentiment related because of the future value um analysis that i'm telling you right and hence it's highly correlated so anyway crypto was coming down because overall markets were coming down i think that led to luna sort of failing because you know this was a this is a classic bank run right luna d- didn't really have any intrinsic value um like like okay so like a bank right there is an end user who is actually borrowing to to do something right like if i am a user i purchase my car because i get a car to travel to my work every day i'm not going to be like oh the loan rates are going up or oh, i'm paying my loan back right um and if i'm buying a house the same thing so you are an actual end user so when a bank does this that they pay you deposit rates and they lend you at a higher rate there is a use case now what was happening with all of these others was it was all all financiers trading around right so it was like luna saying um you know oh xyz protocol gives 10% i'll give you 20 so everyone will come to me if everyone comes to me i have the money to lend it out at some higher rate now if the other person doesn't even have the money even the 10% doesn't matter right so then someone said oh you are giving 20 let me give you 30 right like in cases of some hmm. protocols the, the people are advertising 10000% apy right like i mean like how like how is it even going to be possible right it's just not possible so it's just a it's just a game of like you know of hot potato being played anyway right now the other the better example than luna is actually olympus dow right like olympus dow actually i think i love olympus dow for one reason that it's probably the purest financial engineering experiment out there right and like if people want to um, look at psychology of money they should definitely follow the story of olympus dow now um the ohm token actually in my view has zero intrinsic value like zero right so all it did was you know let's create the system of 33 right like if you sell so this is like playing on prisoner's dilemma that you know if you mm. and i do something which is both long term we are incentivized but if we do some one of us does something which is bad for the company or the ecosystem but other does something good it's a little bit of hit to the person who does bad if we both do something bad we both are hit big time right classic sort of game psychology and that is all that token was right and it it rose up in price in thousands of dollars went down to i don't even know what the current price is but last i saw it was like 30 dollars maybe it has fallen even further i stopped looking at it and it was like one of the purest examples of financial engineering and psychology of money right now see till the time it's a it's a game it's fine right like till the time we are like hey i'm putting 100 dollars let's see what happens it's fun it's a zero sum game at the end of it some people will win some will not it's like like let's call it it's like poker right by the way like i disagree with um warren buffett that derivatives are a zero sum game or you know derivatives of weapons of mass destruction whatever but like in some of these um 
token economies, they are truly zero-sum game, right? Because there is no intrinsic value. Mm. Till the time they were treated as zero-sum games, it was okay. It was all fine. People coming in knew what's happening. But when the mass adoption started, particularly last year, right? Um, and people started seeing again, oh my God, my friend bought this token for $1,000. He's now at $100,000. He's left his job. He's, he has become a crypto VC. All he does is give checks to all these tokens. He has great connections and we are making millions of dollars and people would even come up to me and be like, ah, you know, this is crap. Like as an entrepreneur, it's going to take you seven to 10 years. Why don't you just take whatever money you have, invest in this stuff, 10x to the moon. Everything was to the moon, right? Like completely different lingo. I love the energy of the community, but hmm. like ultimately intrinsic value catches up if you're playing that game, right? If you're pay playing the zero sum game, like real money gaming, that's fine, right? Like that's okay. For the company, it'll make money. It's like casinos, right? The house always wins. So when you enter a casino, no one is, apart from a few professional gamblers, everyone is going there for entertainment, right? Like till the time that was the case with crypto, it was fine for mm. some of these tokens. But others, unfortunately, what happened is that that notion swept into even others who are building long-term, right? Like, which is why I'm saying that when you were building a long-term, like I think Web3 is the future, right? Like I'm a hundred percent, I'm even more, uh, I have even more conviction on that given what I'm seeing in the market today in terms of adoption, people interested in it than I had like six months back when we were probably at the peak of uh, best expectations, right? But what happens is this is like economics, transmission mechanism matters because everyone else was doing it and I had to attract investment. I have to do it, right? Now, if I do it and then my entire focus becomes financial engineering, no product gets created. When shit hits the fan, because there is no actual product dynamics, it will go to shit. And then the survivability is the issue that that ends up happening. I think some of these guys will survive. Like I think Axie is a pretty really smart team. If anyone can survive this, it is them, right? Um, but like everyone is in, was incentivized to do the same economics. And that's that I think is the is the issue, right? But I think it's natural also, by the way, in any tech. We saw that in the internet bubble. Um, we saw that in India also when every company was becoming the flip card of X. We saw that with Uber also. Right. Every business was the Uber of X, right? Like you, uh, the only business you would do is I'm an Uber for, you know, pet salons, right? You're like, oh yeah, awesome idea, right? Like people have pets, they have salons, you're an Uber, makes sense, on-demand economy, boom, right? So I think this keeps happening, right? So, yeah. Right. What are your thoughts on stablecoin in general? Because so here's, I just mentioned to you that I sold my dating app and I was sold in exchange of crypto. And now that crypto was actually stablecoin. And a lot of my friends who are working in uh, a sort of fund that that is all about staking, they started pitching me that, hey, put your money over here. We'll give you 20% API, 25% API. But I haven't done that yet. And after Luna crashed, I, my confidence even went low, lower that, okay, I shouldn't be investing right now. But what's your thought right now in terms of stablecoin and staking? Yeah, so I think, see, stablecoin is going to be a great, um, I hate to use the word gateway, but that is what it would be. It'll be a great gateway for mass adoption, right? Like I think first okay. people would need to be sold on the technology without having to take any of the price risk, right? Like if I am if I am in the US or I, or I understand the US dollar or I, you know, a transact in it, selling one USDC to me should be an easier way to bring me to, uh, crypto and Web3 in general to say, let's start doing the transactions here, right? So I think like the Amazon of the the equivalent of Amazon of Web3, which may or may not be the current Amazon, would do a lot of transactions in stablecoin, right? Because it gives you all the benefit of 
the blockchain technology uh, that is there, like ownership, decentralized ledger, um, you know, having your own data, buying your NFT, which will be your record of your shopping transactions, as an example, your record of your searches, um, your identity uh, in the digital front, etc. And I think the benefit is that, um, you know, there is no price risk to it. So maybe I'll take a, I'll take a, a little bit of a, not a tangent, but let me explain one thing that I think a lot of people ask is, which which the government of India believes in, like, why do we need to even have cryptocurrencies, right? Like, because a lot of people say, we get it. Like, the statement I always hear is, uh, blockchain is very valuable, but why do we need to have cryptocurrency, right? So let's talk about it. Hmm. So this this technology of um, encryption isn't new, right? This is This has existed since we have digital transfer of data, right? Uh, our email even today is sent in an encryption way, right? Um, WhatsApp message is the same, et cetera. Instead of the uh, end user having the encryption key, now the now no one really has the encryption key and you have to really work to actually decrypt these messages and this ledger, right? Now, whoever does it, and this is the reason why it's decentralized and permissionless, whoever does it, um, will actually be given a reward for doing that proof of work. That's essentially how Bitcoin or any proof of work sort of um, ends up working, right? And this was the brilliant sort of one part of saying like why Bitcoin was revolutionary. The other part that was revolutionary was that look, look like Wikipedia got formed, which was out of the goodness of the heart of people. And it worked for a while. Mm-hmm. It's still the resource for a lot of other people. But is it sustainable on donations, you know, questionable, right? Like, why should it be, why can't people just, like, be given value for the work they're providing and the the uh, labor they're providing or the capital they're providing and be incentivized in that right manner? So the other thing that Bitcoin did was saying that we will do the value transfer through that same chain, right? So that it remains permissionless. Now, according to me, the government of India, for example, thinks that we will apply the blockchain technology, like, for example, on patient records, we will do it. Yet the payment that needs to happen will be through our, let's call it the UPI system in India, or just through your digital, the the normal sort of digital transactions Mm. that happen, right? The problem with that is now for the large part, that's okay, right? The problem is that then you have just handed the control to the government or the RBI or the banks, right? Like tomorrow, HDFC Bank or State Bank of India can come and say, okay, so Anshul, why are you getting this money from Prashant? Then I'll say, oh, you know, it's, I don't know who, why am I getting it from Prashant, but I was just on this network solving something. So maybe I solved it. Prashant was charged and that money is coming to me. And maybe they have even automated it. And they're like, hmm, we'll have to look at it, right? Like we'll have to see whether that's valid or not. Now, if you stop that aspect, then the entire system crumbles, right? So it is not really decentralized. And I'm not trying to be a maxi here. I'm just trying to be very pragmatic hmm. that yes, blockchain technology is a great innovation, but actually, a really big part of that innovation is the fact that you can you economically incentivize the people putting in that effort to maintain that decentralized system. And you do that value transfer through the decentralized system so that the entire system remains permissionless, right? Um, so in my view, it doesn't work if you want to adopt the, the blockchain ledger technology without having the value transfer on that same ledger technology itself, which is why you need cryptocurrency. I really wish... That instead of calling it cryptocurrency, we would have called it crypto coins because people would have thought that it's this sort of a game because the view was, mm. oh my God, is Bitcoin going to replace the dollar? Like RBA's view right. is, oh shit, like is everyone now, if we allow crypto, like, you know, all of us can convert all our money 
to Bitcoin and take it away from India because India has a lot of restrictions to take money out for, you know, historical reasons. Uh, and if you want, we can get into that also. Um, but but that's not that was not the purpose ever of Bitcoin. So I know a lot of people say Bitcoin is going to replace the dollar. I don't think there is a, there is a chance ever that governance is decentralized. Like, like, can you imagine army being decentralized and people saying, oh, we are giving thousand percent staking rewards to people to come and uh, fight at the battlefront and people are like yeah cool my wallet has just clicked yes i'm coming over there right never going to happen it's a highly skilled workforce it they, it requires a completely different mindset to protect which is why hmm. you know we we have uh, so much respect for people who, who sacrifice for us and it's not going to be decentralized right if they are not decentralized police is not decentralized law is not decentralized government needs to make taxes it'll have to be a centralized body so all this aspect of everything will be decentralized, never going to happen. Economic engines will be more and more decentralized. Like we have seen economic engines become more digitized in, in this uh, web hmm. revolution. Wow. I think the encyclopedia example or Wikipedia example was really good because earlier, before 1980s, we had one thick book we call encyclopedia. It's physical. This is all you need. But then Microsoft thought that, hey, let's make it digital. So they came up with Microsoft Encarta. Yeah. Then Wikipedia came up. They thought that, hey, you guys are centralized. You don't, you're not writing out everything. And you are selling in DVDs with the influx of information. Things are changing constantly. So we need something digital and something people could update regularly. And we, we got to open source it so that people who are interested in one particular thread they can write about that. And that's how Wikipedia started. And now you pointed out that Wikipedia is still not sustainable mm -hmm. because there is no uh, tokenomics involved, no real incentive involved. And do you think Wikipedia is going to like just adopt cryptocurrency or we need a totally different model built from the ground up on cryptocurrency? Actually, I hadn't thought yet before you asked me about Wikipedia doing tokenomics. I think that's awesome, right? Like because, right. see like today if I give like, I, I donate to Wikipedia because I use it a lot, right? Like it's the same reason I use right. TripAdvisor a lot. So I also write reviews on TripAdvisor because to me, it's like, I in my mind, I want to create a balance, right? If I'm taking something from mm. a system, I want to provide to the system because otherwise there is not going to be a balance. Like how will the system get it, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think like one thing that would have been amazing, like if I donate to Wikipedia, like if I tell you that, hey, Prashad, I donate to Wikipedia, right? Right now I'm feeling like, Am I bragging? Is this like, what is it? But <laughs> if Wikipedia did tokenomics and gave me an NFT, right? Which I just put on LinkedIn saying, I support Wikipedia, right? And it, right. It, I don't have to write that I donated. It, it means I donated. There is some tokenomics, right? I There'll be tons of people. That is their primary economic model to sustain themselves is donations. Mm -hmm. There is actually something that mm -hmm. can be worked out, right? Like if you actually start paying people a, a proper amount of value for them investing time, to check the information which they already do, right? Spending time to run the entire organization which they already do. But on the other side, if I donate them money, they give me something in return where I can use that as a social status, which why not, right? Like that is why when you donate to temples or parks, they're right on the bench that this was donated by XYZ because that's kind of buying immortality for some people, showcasing that, you know, wow. we have yeah. certain amount of money and that and social status is invaluable, right? In the sense that, it's very mm. difficult to buy with money. And for the first time ever, NFTs allowed you to get social status with money, which is why Bode went to the price it did and it's still at a very high price. The same reason why CryptoPunks went to the way it is. And so actually now that you have said it, Wikipedia is perfect because it's already a peer-to-peer -peer system. It's already user-generated. And actually they, they should be the first ones to adopt tokenomics. I mean, 
I hope someone from Wikipedia is listening to this. Um, that, this is like it's a no-brainer thing. Like as soon as you've said it, I think it makes perfect sense. Right, and I think the way you were thinking about it—that if I'm taking something from the system, I want to give it—I believe this mindset or the, the way you think about this only comes when you're a founder. I believe because other than that, if you're just a consumer, uh, you are just always thinking of consuming. That okay, I'm, I'm going to watch this video, this video, this video. They don't think on commenting. They don't think about supporting the creators. But once you start like. Right now, because I'm creating this podcast, because this podcast goes out on YouTube as well. Now I'm thinking, I'm in the mindset that okay, I should put comments uh, on the videos that I watch and sort of support the creators, give them some motivation. So it's really cool how your thought process changes when you are a founder. But but Prashant, so you're right, and I think this is exactly why right Web three is really powerful. So one of the things mm-hmm. I always say that the main reason of Web three and the metaverse is not all this. crap that i keep listening about oh my god i'm going to put my vr glasses and anshul will look like anshul exactly firstly why the hell would i want to look exactly like this right even if i i love myself the way i look but if i'm going into the digital <laughs> i want six pack abs yeah no but i mean yeah. <laughs> forget even six pack abs right like i want to disconnect from reality for a while right which is why games hmm. have the characters they have right like when i'm in there a part of what what i'm doing is um escapism as well right it is a disconnect mm-hmm. that i can like do you think like if i see this as anshul and i suddenly start flying or i become like rajnikanth then i hit you know seven cars and they all fly around i'll be like oh yeah yeah that's cool right like which is why we have superheroes because we live vicariously mm-hmm. through them that oh it is really possible there was this guy like you know Batman he was just rich he made some tools and now he can fly around <laughs> like crazy if i had that much money maybe i can do it as well which is why you idolize them right, right. but if suddenly batman becomes unsure and i'm like hmm doesn't really sound like something that that yeah, my mind will say uh, you know red alert red alert red alert right so the the biggest value add of web3 is this what i call integration of economics right it's exactly what you talked about which is yes a lot of people will do things out of the goodness of our hearts but you know even though capitalism is a failed model like i think like in an absolute sense it's not a perfect model there are tons of issues with it but of all the ec- economic models and sociological models that we have had that's the one that has had the least failure right i'll call it that i'll not call it success i'll call it it's the one with the least failure which means that one thing we know mm-hmm. in economics is if we incentivize the right behaviors and economically incentivize it those behaviors start becoming habits right this is what web to prove right tiktok is a great example they said you know what we are really far behind facebook instagram but we think we have something on our hand there is some amount of virality but how do i make sure that i short circuit that virality you know what i'll pay all the creators you know and then there was an app that came trying to mimic tiktok which actually paid people to watch videos by the way that's what web3 is doing as well so they are right. actually short circuiting your behavior and incentivizing you for certain behaviors right and if that behavior has value then the entire ecosystem wins right so for example like you said that you know if i wasn't of the founder mindset probably primary if you are a consumer mindset you wouldn't think like that but imagine like by the way this is something we are trying to solve with a currency we are launching called sanskar token which is a social currency you can not buy it you can only earn it right and the reason and the mm. idea is that if you comment on our posts if you help other people in the community if you attend a live sessions if you actually create things in zineverse uh, you create a game you create some assets you get a lot of this social currency which will give you a lot of other benefits i won't start talking about right. zineverse uh, etc but that that is really the aspect we are saying that can we give some incentive for people to get the right behavior out and that is all like economics and money psychology is all about and which is the real power of web3 
Right. The name fits perfectly. If you buy a Sanskar token, if you put some good stuff out there, you are called Sanskari now. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And that's our tagline. Like, are you Sanskari? Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I'm just curious how you think about this. So right now, the movie came out Prithviraj. There were a lot of protests that, hey, Prithviraj should be Samarat Prithviraj. Because there are people who believe that we should give more respect. When you're using all the Indian mythological figures, uh, you can also give an intro on Zionverse. When you're using a lot of Indian mythological figures as part of your metaverse, do you expect a lot of like do you do you want to make sure that you tread the right path so that you don't get a lot of protest or in general people asking to take things down or some weird things happening around yeah so let me um okay so in terms of zionverse what are we what are we looking to build right so our our mm. main idea at a hundred thousand feet view is gaming is the next social network right everything that is valuable is because of only network effects right whether that's cities whether that's real estate whether that's companies and Web3 has actually made sure that now there are almost no other barriers, right? Your company's value and moat is only your network effect, right? So it's probably the purest form of network effect value that you can ever, uh, get, right? What that means is that if gaming is that powerful thing, we want to create something where users can come in, create their own games very simply. So our environment like Minecraft is, you know, the voxel blocky environment, you come, you create your own 3D worlds. It looks a lot more HD than Minecraft because we're building it a decade plus later than when Minecraft was built. And you can add game templates very quickly, you know, create interactive environments, etc. right? And the content area we chose is Indian mythology and culture. Now, um, why did we choose that, right? So look, I, I always felt very strongly that when you're trying to create network effects, obviously there has to be some connection. And in the area that we are building, there is no better longer term connection than emotions, right? At the end of it, whatever, like I truly believe that even money um, and even people getting offended about it's Samrat Prithviraj and not Prithviraj and other people getting offended that XYZ didn't happen or some movie or some God, uh, uh, etc. is a matter of respect. It's not a matter of factuality, right? So it's not a matter mm. of facts. It's a matter of it seems like by not saying that you're disrespecting me or a community, right? Which I agree, which I agree with. So our idea is that, look, our, our culture, our history is extremely rich, right? Very, very rich, beautiful mm. stories. I have been a big fan all my life, right? If I see world over Japanese culture, samurais, right? Chinese mythology and culture, tons of movies, comics, animation. By the way, like Chinese mythology has a monkey god, played by Jet Li in one of the movies, it's that popular. And to me, I'm like, you know, okay, great. The, their monkey god is really popular. We have Lord Hanuman. Why aren't we, why don't people relate to it, right? Because all of this mythology and culture is right now limited to TV. In TV series, which is like, you know, some gods come, we are praying and we are going gaga over all the festivals and stuff. But the lessons are much deeper, right? Like when we talk about Gita, when we talk about Krishna, we talk about life lessons. When we talk about Chanakya, we talk about economic and political lessons. When we talk about something like Vikram Betal, we talk about, again, how people should behave in certain instances. So many examples. Tinkle is a great example, right? Chacha Chaudhary is a great example, right? Like one person, super intelligent, the other, the other extreme, like to give you those lessons and interesting stories, right? So um, our point is, um, we want to keep using that richness of our culture and mythology. And for every country in the world, and India is one large exception, this has been popular. Irish mythology, by the way, right now is becoming super popular globally, right? 
we are one and a half billion people in india and all over the world there is no reason why our rich culture and mythology does not become much more um interactable in new media formats right and that's our aim how do we segregate it so i i want to get back to the point that look we are not a religious app right we are not saying mm-hmm. like we did a lakshmi nft in december 2021 we sold 4 crore rupees or 561000 us dollars worth of lakshmi nft all bought in india right our idea was that look the lakshmi nft gives you staking rewards it gives you vip whitelist access to all future products it also you also get an avatar which gets certain blessings or ashirwad from goddess lakshmi right so your avatar becomes a disciple of goddess lakshmi and that's how you play as rather than goddess lakshmi herself right because even in my mind if i played as say lord shiva and ravana is my enemy in a game it's fair right so the ravana player could kill me but even i am a very logical person even i was like nah that doesn't fit well with me i don't want to see that happen and that's not the point the point isn't to rewrite history the point is to borrow that history mm. and create context in which people can learn more about it enjoy it more in different sort of formats and inculcate lessons and knowledge from it right like i am a i am a big batman fan right like i hate superman because superman to me is like someone given all the power right he's like all his crib in his life is oh i'm so powerful now how do i become more human right and right. batman comes from right. an area of like challenge yes he has money but he is really fighting this battle within him without any superpowers right um, so it's the same thing right the lessons i get tons of lessons by reading dc comics seeing the movies and i think the amount we have in the indian culture is million times or billion times more than whatever marvel or anyone else could create right so why shouldn't our community overall benefit from it right so like what i'm saying is am i worried about it yes because i don't want to disrespect anyone and that's not the point right which is why we have created this segregation am i still worried that some of that could happen of course right i am right um there are like already some things that people come and say that why are you doing one religion like india isn't just hindu religion etc mm. and my point there is that look i'm not trying to disrespect any religion firstly this is not religious we are taking stories right like i kind of feel that there are three aspects to this indian culture there is the one the god goddesses etc there will be next which will be gurus kings etc right like why shouldn't we have about um ashoka why shouldn't we talk about prithviraj etc and then there is a, the third which will be modern history where we can even talk about our freedom fighters and i really want to be agnostic to religion region caste etc because that's not that actually if anything the point should be that we have to look at the deeds and the lessons and not where they came from which is actually the part of any superhero story right um, and also the same for super villain stories to say that it's circumstances which make people it's not what you were mm. born into and then you always have a choice right the entire part of like i'm a massive star wars fan the entire part of the good side of the force and the dark side of the force is that it's a choice right some people have more of that ability but it's still a choice and that's what we want to show in the context of indian culture and mythology um is it a concern like i'm just again repeating yes it is that people do not get offended and our aim would be not to disrespect anyone any community any region any beliefs uh, and which is why we are also trying to create the segregation but it is still a fine line to walk mm. right because when i first heard about zionverse when i first checked it out this was the first thing that came to my mind and i believe you are a very thoughtful person you are very smart so i wanted to start with a hard question and not for a bubblegum question like okay how is metaverse <laughs> going to change the world right. so this is very interesting that you have laid this out but let's get to the bubblegum question <laughs> uh, i think you have 
said something which I totally agree with. You mentioned that metaverse is going to be mobile driven, not VR driven. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree because it's not I agree, but it's because I've experienced it. On one of my birthdays with all my friends, I went for VR gaming. We totally enjoyed, we really enjoyed, super fun. But after one hour, even if you want to play, your eyes won't let mm-hmm. you because it hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts a lot. Um, and especially me, even with laptop, I cannot sit down for more than three hours. My eyes would start hurting. So I totally agree. And I would love to learn more about it. How do you see the vision between you and what is the vision around with Meta? Uh, how do you think these two are different? And how do you see yourself or see this mobile driven VR or Metaverse in five years? Right. So um, look, I think um, I'll first come to the fact that Meta for all purposes is a centralized uh, Metaverse, right? What that means is like a lot of games today, they are saying that, look, we are going to control the experience we give you because we're going to give you a great experience. So come for the experience. Don't get bothered too much. It's not a place for you to hang out for your freedom, etc. You just come for the experience, take it and go away, right? And if you don't like it, don't come. That's exactly how they have run WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, etc. right? Um, and that's their DNA. That's what they're going to make. Can't fault them for it, right? And it's worked hmm. brilliantly for them. What we are creating is we are saying that here is a place, right? This is truly going to be uh, owned up by the community. We are going to drive some of those changes, right? But ultimately, the entire vision is that if we like, if we want to make a country really large, we have to put some rules in constitution. Uh, by it, we have to make sure that some of those are being followed. But we can't tell people at every ground level exactly like this is exactly what you need to do, right? Otherwise, it's not going to work, right? We have, that's like that's what I'm saying. So it's driven by this philosophy that unless it's driven by people it will not become a large impact. And my idea when I started these companies wasn't that, you know, like my goal to chase is impact, right? Yes, the measure of that impact, some people can say is number of users, is the valuation, whatever it is. But my idea is more impact than I'll make XYZ, uh, I'll do some cool things, etc. All of that matters. But the impact is the large part. So we are a decentralized place. That's one. And one major difference. The second in, in terms of immersion of VR uh, versus mobile, right? Now, one issue of VR is what you said, discomfort, inconvenience, cost, right? Um, hmm. But let's say that, um, let's say I even gave your, you, you the entire experience on like my spectacles, right? Like you wear something like a Google Glass. It's it's very, uh, you know, easy. It takes away the issue that you had of, uh, et cetera. The other problem with VR is it's asking me to do a lot of labor, right? Like if I have to move inside a mall, I'm doing this action, right? Like people show these, crazy devices where there is this continuous infinite runner, right? I'm running like crazy and like, like oh, right. the future of gaming. I mean, okay, how many people are going to play that game on <laughs> and you and in a PUBG or Call of Duty for hours at end? You won't because it's a lot of physical labor, right? And if you see, yes, there are use cases of physical labor. Maybe someone wants to get a workout while playing the game. Great for them. Uh, maybe certain people who will be at pro levels will play that because it adds to another cha- level of challenge. But for the 99% of the population playing it, they want to get the entertainment and the immersion. There's no reason to have that labor, right? And one rule I learned in physics, which perfectly applies to all humans, is that wherever is the path of least resistance, I I have to spend the least amount of energy for the same amount of output, I'm going to do that. Mobile already engages me more than enough, right? Like even 2D right. games engage me a lot more. And the reason why things like Minecraft and Roblox are still the largest gaming systems is not because they look awesome, right? Like when I started playing Roblox with my niece, the first time I saw it, I was like, this sort of stuff still people play? Like this was, this 8-bit stuff was what I was playing way back, right? Why is it interesting? The reason it's interesting is there's so much interactivity, 
right and the reason it looks voxel and boxy is because otherwise the level of interaction is going to start decreasing because it's a trade off right in a very basic manner and that immersion comes more from interaction than from how things look right which is where i think vr has screwed up it is so heavily focused on oh anshul should look exactly like anshul if he has punk hair every strand of hair should be visible now everything else being the same yes i would agree but everything else is not the same we do not have infinite bandwidth of internet we do not have infinite gpu processing mm-hmm. power so everything is going to be a trade off right and the trade off is very clear interactivity wins over aesthetics right and i do not want to do a lot more effort than the basic required for me eventually i think what is the future it will be like minority report or iron man right like i'll wear something i'll just click it and then my fingers like they do on mobile are going to do stuff in air right it'll all be hand gestures uh hands and fingers are the most efficient tools we have so any ui which uses my fingers to do all sorts of action is going to win right so that will win is that going to happen over the next 5 years i don't believe so like i know a few people saying they're working on things like that i mean i've been hearing that for the last decade in vr and maybe because of the exponential laws of more and every other law that we have maybe it'll happen in the next 5 years but that's not a bet i am willing to make and so i definitely think the next 5 years all of these changes will be with a mobile device right i think just the conversation around vr versus mobile thinks me makes me think a lot about the strength of our finger muscles mm-hmm. versus our legs yep. if i just walk up a stair i'm tired yep. but i can keep on using these fingers all day for 8 hours on my keyboard so it's crazy how much more strength these fingers have and that's the path of least resistance also i learned about this while building a dating app because i heard from a lot of people like a lot of founders have different versions or visions for dating that okay uh, we should get people outside we should uh, get people out of their phones outside make them make them meet people in re- in real life basically and that you're thinking you're thinking good you're thinking about a really good world but people don't want that people want to on their phone they want to directly connect with that person and start talking and then meet for date if they like them so this is this is really cool that the the businesses that help make people lazy those are the most successful ones yeah absolutely path of least resistance right like return on effort wherever return on effort is higher is what people are going to do right definitely now you also mentioned that you hand out the book snow crash mm-hmm. to every new member of your team after listening to that i actually went out and uh, like you know heard podcast of neil stevenson and i'm really curious like what how does that book help understand the vision of metaverse how does that uh, like you know help be more creative about this world so there there are actually two aspects right one is that that's where the term metaverse came from um so one mm. it's like um see like anything we do is part of a culture uh, that that we are changing right now this book has been on every tech founders sort of reading list they've read it they're inspired by it so one part of how everyone is thinking about the metaverse if you want to know its genesis you need to go to the genesis right it's like if i come to india i'll have to go back to the roots to understand how why people are the certain way the people are right because otherwise you're not going to impact any change right or you're not going to be any hmm. effective so one thing is that right which is why i say it's the bible of the metaverse if you want to really understand why everyone else is saying the what they are saying go and read the book it will make it a lot easier the the second thing which was fascinating to me is this is a book written in the 90s like one thing that fascinates me is i don't think i'm like i am nowhere close to as visionary or intelligent as these people right so what fascinates me about reading about such people 
is to really see like how the ability of the human mind to create things right like how could he create a world in which we are talking about this metaverse cryptocurrencies virtual reality i mean it's just i mean i was blown away every like two three pages i read the only thought that was coming to my mind is how did he even think of that right like i mean like that's that was the fascinating part for me right like now that we know what has happened because this book is you know around about to be 30 years old you'll be like eh, i mean what's the big deal right but but you would have the same mm. thing and the same expression if you went and saw the first jurassic park right like if i showed right. my nieces the first jurassic park they'll be like uh you guys were crazy about this well because you have to take the context right you have to take the context when was it made what was the tech then what did people know then and and neil right. stephenson was writing about the metaverse when even web 1.0 wasn't hadn't even started coming into the boom right forget the crash and then the adoption so it's it's unbelievably impressive to to see that somebody could have imagined it and that's where i think you know like creative people like you know we we talk about da vinci etc when they're looking at helicopters etc they can imagine things which is what an engineering mind cannot right like an engineering mind is very structured and analytical so it cannot take these leaps of faith right because they like my mind will be like sort of slapping me around like are you crazy like what is the logic behind this right, right. and they are not looking at the logic behind it they have some connection and that's what i'm trying to also weirdly enough logically desynthesize or synthesize as to how or break as to how they get to that path like is there a pattern can i learn it can i become like that right i always think about the impact of writers like it's basically just words and you think about that how can that impact the entire society but then it's more about like you know uh it's it's again like you know there, there was a really cool tweet and uh, it basically said that your entire career is basically the right set of keys the right set of the right permutation combination of the keys you hit on your keyboard basically so i thought yeah, that was so yeah, cool yeah 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 that's so true and by the way like your entire physical life is the right set of dna that actually got from your parents right uh, and what you were fed right. as well so yeah it's a there's a lot of the permutations and combinations that ends up getting played into our fate definitely definitely now let's talk about building a web3 company what does it entail and how does the role of a web3 founder differs from that of a web2 founder now that you experience both of them yeah so um okay the advantage of web3 um definitely today is that it has massive pull right so the mm-hmm. one reason like if if you want to do something like building in web2 i would say and i think like this was on the early days of web2 that web2 had a lot of pull because it was new um maybe there wasn't as much um knowledge hype around it that oh this is a technological revolution coming because it was all it was still classed as internet right like when mobile apps came no one was like oh my god mobile apps right they were like yeah whatever just some internet instead of opening a web page i have this app thing which is persistent that i have to do and most people probably knew that it was mm-hmm. web2 after web3 came now the great part about web3 like i said is the pull right now whether that's pull of investors pull of people wanting to join pull of users wanting to try um so building a team is from that aspect easier uh finding consumers users is that much easier uh finding investors is that much easier right um obviously there are cycles like obviously we went through this crazy cycle when you could find investors easily but you could very very difficult to find people because not as many people were skilled in let's say smart contracts and a lot of money chasing these smart contract developers and their salaries went nuts right like if you are from the same college smart contract developer gets paid a lot more than other developers and there's no reason but for supply demand it's not about the value mm-hmm. you are adding it's just that 
you are fewer of them more money chasing it because it was easier to pull that money etc so one aspect that you always have to remember is that you have this great pull and you still have that and you will have that and and i see that pull actually remaining even in this market right like there are more right. offline events that we are even doing for web3 more brands who want to still come to web3 and i don't think it's a matter of lag i think people know that this is the future it's only a matter of time yeah it 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 will look different than what we have today but this is the natural evolution of the internet right so there is that pull and the other major aspect is that you know in any business you have to really think about what's your what's that one advantage you have right and really in web3 it's very difficult for you to have any right like data if you're truly decentralized open so if i build something unlike facebook where i'll say prashant not sharing a single data with you till you pay me money no more i can your data is there which means you can take all the consumers completely permissionless for all users to move completely permissionless for all creators to move so the only thing of value is actually your network effect right so imagine that mm-hmm. in a city like delhi right like why like between delhi and new york if there is an arbitrage that people still migrate to one place or the other based on their preferences but there's a lot of hurdle right like i have to it's a house i have to sell the house even if i'm renting it i have my possessions i have to move them i have to make completely new friends but now imagine digital world much easier right but okay if i had to move from whatsapp to signal the network had to move right like that's why signal never took off even though i went to signal as well i think around 25% people went to signal but because for the remaining 75 i had to come to whatsapp i moved back to whatsapp right but in the web3 world what's going to happen is if signal had to win over whatsapp and if and if whatsapp was truly decentralized it will just be another ui on top of the network so i could move to signal you could remain on whatsapp in the decentralized world and we would be fine right so so hmm. almost there it's frictionless right permissionless frictionless so then why do you stay right and that's why you have to have these tokens and nfts as value given to you to prove that this is where your value lies right and that value eventually will only be of the network right and the network would stay for either a purpose or for a utility or for a reason that network finds itself to to be able to get that on that network itself right because network effects are very sticky right they are definitely sticky um and so the mindset as a founder is that you know i can't really build a mode and say well you know if i reach this path then i'm i'm okay right one it will be a constant struggle constant innovation which i love right like i love that hmm. um i truly think that for people who are more product centric web3 is the right space right i don't i can't imagine how many times i have heard this that oh you know uh, second time founders only distribution matters i get it distribution matters because it's all about the network effect and and if your product is crap you are still able to survive because once you get the people there is so much friction to move to another product that they will never move so even if duckduckgo is a much better search engine than google if google pixel is clearly better than apple doesn't happen because the network effect is created friction is high right in web3 if that friction removes then your long term sustainability will be can you keep creating product features that keep serving the community longer term so for me it's a much better fit because i am very innovative in my in my mind i love to keep changing the product all the time my thought process is like i'm very meritocratic in that way in the sense that better product means better company that should win i get from building in web2 that distribution is very very important and what i'll translate it in web3 is build your community first see what is it that they like mm. which is why we did an nft drop first even before we started really 
building the games etc you know in a much more stronger fashion like we had already started building things prior but we haven't yet released anything because we wanted to see where the community lies and build with the community so that it has longer term sustainability and that's your core right your core is building with the community and listening to a democratized process is very different than being in a room um and doing ab testing right like web2 was all that is that you are a ab testing beast right like whether that's your product whether that's your content whether that's your marketing you're just sitting there doing crazy amount of experiments no hypothesis really matters because if you can do it very quickly how does it matter where you started with you're going to win that race eventually uh in web3 because you have to take the community along with you there has to be a, a connection which is emotional and which has to be practical in terms of the product so i think it's a very very different mindset and a completely different way like i like i may not agree with what the community is building but that doesn't matter right like what matters is can i put my point of view to the community and if it is a valid point of view the community should listen to it so am i able to also communicate my thought process and then whatever we choose collectively that is what actually ends up happening because that's the ultimately the only value that you have for the ecosystem you're building definitely what was your approach for building your community was it that okay this nft drop is going to happen whoever buys the nft they are a community or did you first build a community and then the nft drop happened to make them more invested in the community so interestingly enough out of our nft drop only 20% of our nft holders are part of our active community on discord right so our idea was really like see when i started a lot of people were was like mm, you know indian mythology never going to work indian culture no one cares and i was like why because like well if they cared then someone would have done it i mean yeah hmm. it kind of makes sense like this is the efficient market hypothesis in markets like if there was truly a trade to be done here someone would have done it right well actually that's not how businesses are built right someone does do it for the first time there is no reason why every country in the world has such large culture and mythology and india doesn't so we were like okay clearly there is a issue like can we communicate that to our audience then the other part was given that most of our audience is going to be millennials and gen z uh, do how much do they care right how much do they care like and if they care and whoever cares can we reach them right so so what i wanted to prove is people care like this is a market there is demand the there are enough people who care and i can actually reach those people because that actually shows me that there is a particular skill set we built and so while we did the nft we did a lot of awareness right we did zero social media marketing we still do zero social media marketing and for a long time i don't know if we um like i can't say that we will never do it but for the longest or at least for the foreseeable future this year we're definitely not going to do it because i really if i truly believe that web3 has pull and what i'm building has pull i should know that oh actually that pull doesn't exist and this is another lesson i learned in web2 if that pull doesn't exist don't create a leaky bucket and force fit it right like you are eventually going to fail it could just be that you fail as a 10 billion dollar company but it's just going going to fail right so we really wanted to find this pull and so our idea of even doing the nft drops is there is something to talk about right like what do i like if i keep going if i keep coming and saying prashant indian culture in mythology you'll be like yeah yeah absolutely of course it should happen right and i'm like oh Indian culture is great, Web three is great, NFTs is great. We are doing the combo. You'll be like, yeah, yeah, awesome. Hundred thousand feet view, all works. But like, how do I know? Like, can I get something in my hand? Can I prove that people really care by investing their money in it? Which is also, by the way, the reason we price Lakshmi NFT at a hundred and one USDC, right? For India, that's very high price. I knew that, but I really raised the bar high to say I really want to find that aspirational community. 
and if i'm able to get to that hmm. aspirational community which cares about it so much that they are able to buy this expensive product as well then i know that there is a business to be created here and an ecosystem to be created here and that is why we did it i love the way. touch sorry to interrupt but i love the touch of ek so ek <laughs> <laughs> yeah like see like that everything has to be like that right and hence like our governance right, tokens right. will be called shakti <laughs> tokens also nice right <laughs> <laughs> are you how much time are you spending reading ramayana and all the rigveda to bring all those parallels in the zion verse look i um, look i have read some of them most of them i have heard from my nani from my mom um you know it's all these stories like my mom would quote me so many things about like the most oft quoted thing is about karma and you keep doing good and it doesn't right. matter the results aren't coming and about geeta and i've read a lot of chanakya i've read amish tripathi um etc i i am by no measure anywhere close to being a educate like a an expert or even a semi expert on our indian culture right like um mm. this is an area i know i want to do it and we are going to we are taking help of certain experts right like for example when we did the lakshmi nft we did a deep dive we, we got to know that oh there are you know nine uh, avatars of of goddess lakshmi mm. or eight avatars of goddess lakshmi actually what they all meant we went into that r&d and research going forward as we create the lore of zionverse we are taking help of more experts in this area who can bring sort of the knowledge as well as the creative skills for us to actually bring it um I, like i can't really say that hey like you should buy zionverse because anshul is the expert of any of this stuff right like i am not but i can tell you that i am the i am the crazy consumer of it right like if i like i like i love star wars right like my entire laptop has only star wars stickers i have all star wars figurines of all the main characters i have i have like 20 of them of baby yoda etc as well and i know what it will mean if i end up creating zionverse and as a community we end up creating zionverse to that if we do not have fans like that then clearly we are not going to be a success so that's the impact that we are really looking for definitely so how does the roadmap looks like now so nft lakshmi nft happened and now what is what is the future looks like for zionverse so our plan was um, we were actually releasing trimurti nft which were the three main gods in uh, on 20th of april and then you know we had the entire whatever coin coinbase launch in india which caused the entire indian government versus coinbase and rbi versus coinbase issue and all payments started getting stopped in crypto uh, in inr etc so we had to postpone it um this year what we are going to do is we are going to launch uh, at least four games one of them is already ready called run bhumi uh, so this is a hmm. team 5 versus 5 death match inspired by mahabharat so you play as a archer as gadadhari bhim or like a gadadhari disciple of bhim uh, archer disciple of arjuna as a spearman disciple of yudhishthir as a swordman as an assassin etc uh, it's a 5v5 team death match we will launch a version of ludo we will launch a version of a few card games all again with the uh, content story back stories around uh, indian culture and mythology so that will be five games uh, four to five games right uh, all on android and ios um, we'll also we have already we are launching sanskar token today in fact at 8:30 pm okay right? so it's it's happening Congrats. today thank you um so that's going to happen um we are also really looking to make a lot more content around these mm. characters that we have so the ranbhumi characters each of them we have given them a back story and we think that it's part 
increasing the emotional attachment to these characters for the game plus also attaching people to other media formats for within this indian culture and mythology space that's the other area that we are looking to explore and already talking to a few people to partner up with to actually get as many ways as we can interact with our audience base and different audience base right i think one thing that will be a change given all the rules that have changed in india is um the format that we would launch in and i i would probably you know maybe make that maybe make that a lot more public in a uh, in a couple of weeks time because we think we have figured out a format where we can still get mass adoption for a web3 game without it having to um be you know within like crypto world and not being looked favorably upon by either the taxation authorities or uh, RBI or the banking system etc so that's also something we have been working very hard on because as i said the entire idea at the end of the day is about adoption it isn't that oh i'll release xyz token the token price goes to the moon 100x etc we make a little bit of money and then you know we figure out what the next steps are we really want out of the one and a half billion my target for the next 5 years is to get half a billion people involved in this area and to really start appreciating indian culture mythology and start creating their own 3d content and games uh, on our platform okay perfect so my question was you mentioned that you were also launching ludo is this something similar to what shakuni mama used to play in mahabharat <laughs> wow uh, yeah that's exactly the inspiration so the precursor okay. to ludo was chopper chaucer there are a lot of names um, and as again we hmm. went to do the research on this we were fascinated by the connections that ludo has as part of our culture right and the variations of ludo all across the world all the way from chinese ludo is completely different from what we play to colombia where they actually stake on every move in ludo and is still played on the streets uh, quite actively right so you're absolutely correct like i wanted to bring and i want to bring and we are bringing that flavor of that chopper and chaucer in my mind as a kid I, it was like you know duryodhan saying mama shri mujhe 12 chahiye 12 chahiye and japanese says yellow bhanje and they're like oh yeah you know like oh you lost your jewelry you lost your crown you know what are you going to lose are you lost your land uh, so on and so forth by the way interestingly i'll tell you one more thing which i got to know while we started researching so in diwali obviously in india we play a lot of these teen patti games etc for money right and predominantly mm-hmm. we play a lot of games which are games of chance right and I'll, and for some reason like you are okay to play them around diwali right and no one minds it in our culture like you right. don't mind it but if you play them anywhere else any time else people are like oh no it's gambling it's it's crap etc and i was like why did this become part of our culture right so an interesting story is that goddess lakshmi is obviously one of our avatars is the goddess of wealth right that's one of our eight mm-hmm. avatars and one of the part of a life lesson is that misfortune is going to happen right your life isn't about just what you put in there is a lot of randomness we call it luck you can call it destiny whatever that will happen and specifically by playing games of chance you would learn that misfortune hits you because even if you win a game of ludo or snakes and ladders or teen patti sometimes you will get really lucky sometimes you will get very unlucky right and there will be misfortune and the games are supposed to teach you a lesson how to handle the misfortunes and keep going right and so i found oh, it really man. fascinating wow. that even this aspect right. of games of chance actually have a much larger purpose and when i read it i was like makes so much sense actually makes so much sense which is actually why wow. i love poker more than chess right because chess is purely skill right like vishwanathan hmm. anand and me i have 
completely 0% chance of ever winning ever but right. Phil Ivey considered to be the best poker player versus me I could get lucky right like even if he has pocket aces I have do seven and I go all in there is a 20% chance that I end up winning right so um that 20% is a lot lot higher than me versus Vishwanathan Anand so life is a lot closer to poker than it is to chess I love that. This is also the biggest reason why during the entire COVID, my entire family played sequence. Uh, are you aware of sequence? I am aware of sequence. Yeah, like, yep. because sequence is, yeah, no matter, like my my 60-year-old uncle and my 11-year-old sister, they all play. Yep. Because no matter how good you are at strategizing, if you are dealt with the wrong cards, you cannot win. So it's, it's beautiful. But also... Okay, one more thing. Uh, while you were talking about this, I can think about like, you know, Yudhishthir staking his land on Decentral land and being like, okay, if you win, then you take my, this NFT, that NFT. That would be so cool. Uh, you are already, that, you are already revealing thing. all the <laughs> secrets which I wanted to keep. But yes, that's really the idea. Oh man. <laughs> that is actually exactly yeah. the inspiration and what we are building. That would be so cool. Like having the same, recreating that same scenario from a crypto perspective that you just should instead of his real land, selling his like, you know, land on decentralized land, something like that. That would be so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I had one more thing, which I totally forgot, but uh, we can move to, now I have a couple of closing questions. So number one is that web four, we aren't even there at web three and people are already talking on web four. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? Web five, you mean Jack Dorsey? Um, which is his play on Web5 being built on the on Bitcoin. I guess that's what you're referring to. Or are, So definitely Web5 as well. Jack Dorsey mentioned that. And also Web4. Like Web4 oh, yeah, is yeah, popping yeah. up right yeah, now. I yeah. believe you have also I, mentioned Web4 once. I, I sort of mentioned Web4 as sort of part joke. I, I really didn't think that. Okay. Um, but okay. So um, I think like um, the one reason why people are sort of doing this is I feel like this is my view about why Jack Dorsey did it is that this is a a learning from Elon Musk, right? And the learning from Elon Musk is, like I said, till the time you have a pull, what is it that gets you the pull effect, right? And the pull effect today is some sort of meme, right? Because like I said, it's Hmm. very emotional. People want to laugh about it. They want to be, it has to be controversial. Someone actually told me, like one of our influencer partners who's also an equity investor, he told me a great part, Akshat. He said, like, look, the reason Twitter did the uh, 140 characters initially, then they increased it. Now they've increased it further. Is that it's not about like, oh, just write less. It makes it easier. Actually, it makes it tougher. But writing less, you can't give an explanation, right? Which means anything you write will be opinionated, which by default means that if it's opinionated, now it's open to my subjectivity, which means that people will naturally come and say, oh, he said that? you, You said X line? In my mind, you said this? I'll start fighting with you. Right. And which is why Twitter wow. is a highly opinionated platform. And I was like, what a crazy insight. I didn't think of this. Right. Exactly. And, and so cool. I think like that's exactly what Jack Dorsey is doing. He's like, oh, everyone is on Web3. I started a discussion on Web4, what it look like, because I said, you know, maybe that's the pull. Right. Like, I mean, like this is all terminology. Right. Like who is defining. Like, I, I, I love like I, I was in part of some of these panels and one person started fighting with me. Like, no, the metaverse's definition is this. And I was like, sir, we are not in a school. There is no definition and no one is getting any marks for it, right? Like this is all, it's a human construct. We're really talking about sort of what we think is going to get created. There is no definition that it has to fit in this, right? Like we are not talking about a stamp of authority from uh, the WHO or ISI trademark, et cetera, right? So similarly, like if I start calling my company a Web4 company and it creates more pull, 
and all the power to me all the power to jack dorsey to change everyone saying oh web 3 hasn't even been created we have already moved to web 5 right and he said oh web 2 plus 3 is 5 because that's fibonacci <laughs> so now everyone was like yeah we should do web 8 and so it's just i think it's the power of that pull factor right like truly what he's doing is really what web 3 is about he's just saying you know i'll build everything on bitcoin i don't think it's really scalable i think i do not know how serious he is about his project but you know like people like him and elon musk they can take a dig at things like dogecoin and see that something which is part joke part serious can it really become a business right like i i really feel like elon musk bid for twitter is also part joke part serious right like he's just like he's part serious that twitter he feels he can make a change but it's also part joke he's like look if a billion dollar i lose to do all this in the context of everything when he did it, he was worth 300 billion is 3% he probably makes that in 2 months can I have some fun out of it probably you know can it be a true business in some areas it can be so you know it's part both and i i think that was my area of why i said web 4 also uh, jack dorsey clearly beat me to it and said web 5 so no one now cares about web 4 so people will be like dude you can either do web 3 which everyone else is doing or or do something more cutting edge and maybe yeah, now yeah. i have to do web 8 um and to continue with the fibonacci stuff but yeah that's the that i believe is the power right which is what i'm saying that truly the power of web 3 and why people should consider it is this crazy pull factor right i i can't and i can't tell this enough to people right like it's almost like you have product market fit without any product right because people are just jumping in and you know that it's just you kind of feel it right like you there's community around you you are just talking to people team members or potential team members walk up to you and say you know i have been consulting all my life finance person i'm just going to help you 40 hours a week or 20 hours a week don't want any money because i just want to do web3 right and like it's not for resume wow. i whatever i don't care about that i just want it because i want to learn it right i mean where else are you going to get this stuff nowhere so i think it's that pull factor that they're trying to create with web4 or web5 definitely i think you mentioned really well that we had no idea what web2 was until we started talking about web3 yeah before this what, what was this web1 web2 web3 conversation we had no idea right. uh <laughs> but let's let's talk about games now so the entire conversation has been around your love for games mm-hmm. i'm seeing like this is the common thread over here and games are good as you mentioned and also a lot of coding friends or coder friends that i talk to their original passion was games that's one they wanted to recreate now i want to know from you that right now i am seeing a lot of kids who are totally invested into games and their parents are not obviously yes there are there's esports where they can make a lot of money uh but again that's a very small fraction of it what should what is the conversations that parents should be having with kids who are spending all day on games to make it more productive so they can actually get something good out of it yeah so i think um look one thing i'll say is um what i don't like is when people have these very strong opinions like games are bad digital screen time is bad and you know like what skill set are you learning right like see when i was a kid the general sense for all parents was anyone who plays sports is useless because how could you make money right the general sense now right. is that it doesn't matter whether you are going to make money or not the skills you are going to acquire playing a team sports are extremely valuable you know how to uh, you know organize with people you learn the discipline the physical rigor uh, to actually achieve something you have a particular goal in every game you know how to handle losses you know how to pull yourself up you know how to get motivated from people get motivate people i mean innumerable things and now the sense of for all parents of my age is that we have to get kids into uh, team sports 
when i was a kid the idea was as sports is useless who is going to make money right ipl doesn't exist what are the chances of becoming an indian cricketer my cousin was great at cricket right my mama got him out of it because he, it was the same idea that how is he going to make money by becoming a cricketer right the same applies to games right i feel like a lot of things in life i've learned is actually gaming right like i think my love for trading came because i just thought that it's another game right like and what do you learn in a game is that listen there is a design that you have that there's a design to the puzzle you have to figure out that design you have to be a step ahead of that design to overcome it and solve it it'll take many iterations it's not going to happen in one go so you kind of learn the rigor the fact that it is iterating 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 you also can only do it while you are having fun at it right if your entire aim when i sit down like i used to love playing contra right and once i finished contra like i used to play it with my elder cousin a lot we used to just create our own challenges right like okay today we will finish contra without dying if we die even once we'll respawn but for us the level will not be there so we created our own challenges to keep challenging ourselves in the same game right you can only do that when you are having fun right so one thing that got instilled in me is that this is a long journey i love to solve puzzles but i won't want to solve the puzzles which are fun for me right which is why i did all the other things i did uh, and i'm doing in my life right um and the other part is for games which are social so like for my niece she's gen alpha right um for them the social interactions in a gaming world are as real as in real life right like yes like for example people used to say um you know like maybe a decade ago like oh dating apps really ha 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 what are you going to do are you going to have a physical relationship with a girl uh, on an app well no because that's not the point right the point isn't like you rightly said that all the the filtration should happen and when it's time to be take the relationship to a serious level maybe then we actually uh, have that physical closeness because that attaches a com- diff- different aspect of companionship but a lot of aspects of companionship in terms of communication support can still be solved digitally right so if you are communicating with a larger team if that can be solved digitally why not so i'll give you an example um you know i have been playing clash of clans i've talked about it many times for 12 years um now i am in part of clash of clan clan of zinverse but before that i was part of a clan for 5 years right my <laughs> most active whatsapp group was that clan group right i've never met anyone physically uh like are is someone going to ask me like oh are they truly your friends right like okay i'm not going to go to them and talk about my life problem right but that's not the like but do you have all friends which are like that that you can go to anyone and talk about a life problem no i we, we are driven by a different purpose to do stuff on clash of clans and there we are very serious right we uh, i i became a co-leader i really wanted to become a a co-leader because i wanted to climb up the ladders i wanted to i contributed to that clan a lot donated troops attended strategy sessions how are we going to win this war etc and it was very involved and immersed and a group where we shared a lot of things about other games and content laughed together you know uh, pointed fingers at each other we lost because of you why didn't you listen to us etc so it was very motivated equivalent to what would happen in a team sports itself right yes it doesn't have the physical vigor right and a lot of people say well you're not getting the physical vigor but so what it has the mental vigor it has the emotional vigor it has the psychological vigor it has a lot of feelings and skills that i need to learn are happening uh, right there so i think it's being underestimated now and i think a decade from now like we talk about team sports today parents will say yeah it's totally cool like if you see all big poker players in the world a lot of people in finance as traders come from gaming background right like 
most poker players in the world were starcraft players right um a lot of people mm. who are from the finance background now are either ex poker players or were were uh, you know professional gamers because they get that mental vigor required to constantly solve the puzzle and to know that if you enjoy it it is a game and you have to figure out that game and not take it like so seriously right like like you are like oh my god if i lose a million it's dying because then you are not taking the best decisions right the best decisions have to be taken a little bit unemotionally which is what happens in a game and at the end of it you are having fun while doing it so that's my sort of long speech i'm i'm very passionate about it i hate it when kids come up to me or parents come up to me and say oh you know my, my kid all he does is play minecraft like so how stupid right i was like oh so he's building lego that's okay but if he's building things on minecraft that's not okay like why is creativity in minecraft worse off than lego in fact it's much more in my view because uh, there is no constraint in minecraft right with their redstone and whatever different abilities you can start making things fly right like your creativity can go to different levels right and why wouldn't we promote that with kids um rather than just saying that you know yes addiction of any kind is bad so like there is anorexia also like people who don't eat at all uh, that's also bad anything in extreme is bad right so we are, i'm not talking about extremes but it's a skill that you learn by playing games designing games creating in games playing games with others which is extremely valuable definitely okay anshu this was a really cool conversation we covered a lot and i love the fact that okay uh, you have already covered a lot about the basics of nft metaverse and other conversations and over here we were able to go deep into other things so really cool now earlier in the conversation you mentioned that a founder has to always keep a balance between survivability and the long term vision what is your plan to survive sort of in this new market that we are in right now and yeah with that we'll close yeah so um, you know we were fortunate that actually um just one and a half months back we raised money um from a us led by a us gaming vc called codeside vc uh, we haven't done a lot of pr around it yet uh, we also raised and we are right now in the middle of raising money from a few private investors as well who are coming in because they believe in our vision um so you know we are lucky and fortunate that we are very well capitalized and if anything we are um you know capitalizing on the current opportunity right particularly in terms of hiring talent right like 3 months back hiring talent was super tough i'm not saying it's super easy now but because talented people are always in demand but it has definitely become much easier than it was 3 months ago so we are really making those moves we are really making moves on building and formulating more partnerships because opportunities are opening up right like crypto web3 world from you know uh, everyone has money has suddenly become to very few have money and and have the willingness to actually build in it right like like i said um like i don't know what the future is going to entail the one thing i know for a fact is that this is a secular trend of web3 being the next natural evolution right and whether we'll call it web4 or web5 or web8 doesn't matter but this is how it's getting formed yeah. and we are really capitalizing on this current opportunity and fortunately we raised money it, it, we didn't raise money because we thought this is going to happen i i didn't know or predict that this was going to happen because that's not my job anymore my job is to keep building in any environment we were fortunate that um, you know vcs like codeside are existing partners these other individual investors believed in us and they uh, invested money in our vision as well and also because we have started doing nft drops we were anyway fairly well capitalized prior to that also so i think we are taking full advantage of that scenario and uh, going to become a, even a more stronger company um and then we were before definitely raising money just before this access a really good safety cushion so it's great uh, that was great and yeah 
Anshul, this was really good. Any last, uh, like, where can people reach out to you? So reach out to me on our on our Discord um, uh, at uh, at the Red Zionverse channel on our Twitter at Anshul Rustagi. Um, you know, uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, DM me um, anytime. Uh, more than happy to connect with people. I think the power of communicating, particularly with Web three founders, is underappreciated. This is a much more open community. To give you a fact, our uh, we recently hired a chief strategy officer. This person I met for a long time on Discord because he was a Lakshmi NFT holder and he kept engaging in our community, right? And kept giving us good ideas, kept engaging with me. And that's how we made that connection. We knew, got to know each other a lot more. Uh, and he is, a, you know, at a very senior position in another company and he should be joining us by the end of this month. So the power of connected is real, right? Like even if you want to find CXO level positions, this is how uh, the Web3 world is operating. And what I'll say is that Please be curious about Web3 for sure. Whether you believe in it or not is the next step. After you're curious, you find about it, you can decide whichever side you want to come to. I strongly believe that this is the natural evolution of whatever we are doing in terms of digital interactions. Uh, but be curious and learn as much as you can. Definitely. Anshul, absolutely love that we hit some hard questions and you basically gave us a good layout on that. And yeah, really appreciate this. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Prashant. Really enjoyed our conversation and uh, look forward to talking to you soon.